Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett. If you're connected to this when it's released, then it is somewhere, I would like to say, near 19 days into month 10, 2023. I'm glad to be with you. I'm glad you are with me. On behalf of the platform which you've chosen to consume this, I am grateful and ask that you do whatever is required, whatever is necessary to make sure you get these pieces of business each and every time they're released to the internet. I know that you have a busy life. I know that the world around you is extremely fast-paced. So I'm going to try my best to do these in a way because I really want you to hear this. I really want you to pay attention. I really want you to be a part. So we're going to try to condense these things down. We're going to try to make sure that I'm not just rambling. But then I'm really getting down to the to the nitty gritty, to the business of what we're trying to put out here. Sometimes they're going to get long because things happen and conversations are just they're just not designed to be short. But anytime that we can uh, do something that will, you know, we can just hit it and get it, we're going to, we're going to do that. So I appreciate you on those days when it's long for you sticking with us. But on those days when we can, as I said, just get to it, to it, and get on out, that you would do that. Today, I hope it'll be one of those days that we can just get to it, to it, and get on out. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on over there in, in Israel and Gaza, some things that, that what, what I'm drawing from. And again, I'm just a person who has a microphone and, and, and just spitting out some opinions here. But I think those opinions, uh, at least from my perspective, will help, if anything, to mitigate the anxiety many of us are feeling. That's what my goal is. How do we not necessarily know what's happening or, 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 or can basically um, put any type of context? But how can we put uh, some of our anxiety to bed? We're also going to talk about what's going on in D.C. And that's the same thing with the Republicans and the, and the speakership. Putting some of our anxiety to bed is the goal. And then finally, here on the local level for us here in Norfolk, shout out to all of you people who are either here, from here, want to be here. Uh, all, all insert all above. I am. Go- I read them. Going to read a little note. I was going to read a little note from Delegate Jackie Glass, and then uh, we're going to talk about uh, what I am feeling as I'm thinking about down the road, me and the wife, about uh, how we would like the educational system look when we have to uh, patronize it. Because you know, we're 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 thinking about patronizing it at some point in time. Then we're going to look at chapters 4 to 5B. We're going to cut off in the middle of white virgility. And uh, Mr. DJ, Madam DJ, non-binary DJ is also here, you know, kicking us off with those tracks. That's going to be in and out as you uh, connect. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be how we're going to, that's going to be the layout. That's the layout for today, right? That's enough for us to uh, get about to, to it, shall we? I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Tell a friend, be a friend. Make sure everybody know we out here doing what we do. You can. All right. <sighs> Take a deep breath. Like I said, down in Miami, you heard me. You got who you got this weekend? The Eagles. Mm. All right. Let's get to it. To it. So I, I, I've been reading, let's talk about international, this issue internationally with um, Israel and Gaza. 
there was a hospital that was blown up. Um, from what I can understand, uh, nobody really knows who is responsible for this, this hospital being destroyed. Now, granted, I have not dived deep into it. I, I, have, I haven't taken a deep dive, right? It's just been kind of a skim. And part of the reason why I haven't taken a deep dive, I've just basically relied upon the skimming, is because I've been hearing so much about what's going on. The wife sat down one day for breakfast. We were talking and, and um, she was just hammering me, inundating me with, with ideas and and different views from various... And I, and, I started to have an anxiety attack. I definitely was feeling a panic attack coming on. And part of that was because I'm, I'm being flooded with all this information. And I go, what exactly do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? Well, I want you to bring awareness. Bring awareness to what? I don't know what to bring awareness to. And so I feel that sometimes, um, well, let me, let, me, let me put it like this. You have people out there just putting pray for Israel, pray for Israel, pray for Israel. We stand with Israel. And, and I was trying to think if I wanted to say in that second pray for Israel, pray for Gaza. I, I want to say that. But is it politically correct to say that? I, but I want to say it because they're human beings too. Even though they may be the enemy or, or perceived as the enemy at this point. I don't even know who the enemy is at this point. It's, I mean, it's an international crisis. I don't We got wars all over the place. You got war over there in Ukraine. You got a war over now in Israel and Gaza. I still want to say that the Afghan war, the war that was started by George W., is still in effect. We got wars and wars. and We got wars on wars on wars on wars. Right? So who's to blame in this Israel-Hamas issue? That's the struggle. I take the position that, and, and, and well, let me get it out, and then I'll go and try to justify it. I was already ready to justify it, but let me get it out, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into justification if we need to. I take the position that Mr. Biden had to have known the entire process or the entire uh, blueprint, if you please, before he arrived in Tel Aviv, right? I, I just want to know. I want to believe that he knew that. Now, what I read was that he stood with Israel despite uh, the many uh, reports, the many claims that Israel bombed a hospital Oh, the, the hospital bombing that we, we know about in Gaza, that was uh, Israel is to blame. Mr. Biden basically just stood up with him and, and, and kind of doubled down on that fact that, hey, we're standing with Israel, right? So there's something there. And I'm smart enough to know uh, as a person. Now, I've always kind of had this perspective, but I just want to 
bring this out now because I, I, I just want to make the case that in Norfolk, Virginia, there's 230, maybe 260,000 people, somewhere between two, somewhere between 237. I think the actual number is 237. So somewhere between 240 and 270. Because everybody ain't fill out that census. You understand? Some people are scared of it. You know what I'm talking about. But somewhere between 230 or 240 and 270, it, uh, that's, the, that's the, the total population of Norfolk. Inside of that, maybe 270, I, I, I think that might be generous, are in positions of leadership. When I talk about folks who know the mayor and folks who, you know, go to cocktail meetings with councilmen and things of that nature and, and the councilmen listen to them. And that, we're not talking, we're talking about people who actually hold credentials who are actually credential holding, um, members of the societal elite, the political elite here in Norfolk. It's about maybe two, 1%. And I recognize I'm a part of that 1%. Now inside of that, is all of the inner workings of the city. Inside of that 270, it'll break down to maybe another 20, uh, maybe 40 people, maybe, that know the inside of the inside, know the stuff that's brewing that we haven't really put out yet. Um, that's all said. Mr. Biden and uh, Mr. Blinken and um, who's the guy who runs the Defense Department? Mr. Austin, not Stone Cold, not Austin Theory. Mr. Mr. Lloyd Austin might be a general. Any General Lloyd Austin? Yeah, he has information that we don't have, and so I just want to take the position on the Israel Gaza situation that Mr. Biden knows something now. Is that knowledge something we're all going to agree on? Well, I'm almost certain it's not. But there is a reason, I would say, that he is supporting Israel. There's something inside of that, that uh, just something inside of that. that, that it, 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 he got something. That, that's all I can. He got something. He's working with something. And, and that working with something just makes it all worthwhile. I would like to take that position. Speaking of working with something, that brings us to our domestic struggles. We still ain't got a speaker of the house. Now, you know, the good thing about this uh, Jim Jordan piece of business is that we first, we, I mean, I saw the guy with a coat on. I mean, that, that, I know for you, that's like, like, really? That's what you got out of it? I mean, you know, I'm not used to seeing a guy with a coat on. He, he wears a tie and a shirt and never saw him wear a jacket. I'm like, dude, did you go down to men's warehouse because you realized you was running? I mean, is that you know what? Men's warehouse, man. Oh, Lord, they're getting some serious publicity now because he had to have gone down there. He had to. I'm asking the question, but but I, I, I'm not even going to ask no more. I'm just going to go ahead and take the position that he went down there. He said uh, he went down there and said, uh, look, I need you to make sure I like the way I look because I got to I got to get this speakership here and just having this shirt and tie ain't going to do it. I know. I've went down and upgraded my wardrobe because, you know, I've uh, stepped into a, a certain hole now. You understand. 
Mm-hmm. So we don't have a speaker. Now, what what is going on in the in the in the Capitol chamber? I have no idea. I have no idea why it is taking so long to agree upon a person that is basically just the one who uh, plays cheerleader, if you please, or referee is more uh, makes more sense. And in a, in a political body, what, 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 I, I don't understand. And, and, and I'm not I'm, I, this is not a liberal trying to just peel at the other side. Like, Look at them people over there. That, 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 that's not that's not my position. I really don't get what the Republican message is. I can't make it make sense. I just can't. And so I'm sitting here and everybody's got their 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 uh, their political or, or their opinion goggles on. I, I, I just don't want to do that because it, it, it just doesn't make sense. And so what I would like to submit, if there's some Republicans, if you're listening, I, I'm sure there may be one or two that are hearing the sound of my voice that say down at the church. Can you please do me a favor? Just help me make it make sense. And don't give me the political talking points. I hate talking points because talking points and your actions don't line up. I need something. I need to understand how what your convictions are down into you. This is not just what your opinions are, what your politics are. I want to know what your convictions are. Give them to me. If I can get your convictions, then we can understand. You know, I'm reading this book right now called White Vigility. And well, I, I, I was reading it. I don't know, but depending upon when this is heard, you know, I might be finished with it. But um, in White Vigility, doctor, not doctor, she's Professor uh, Robin uh, D'Angelo uh, calls that out. And I think it's chapter three, somewhere in there. She talks about the Republican mantra going back to Ronald Reagan and and I, I would even go back as far as Richard Nixon because Richard Nixon had to deal with George Wallace in the 1969 uh, uh, presidential election or 1968, should I say, presidential election. Uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King had just been assassinated. He was probably assassinated during the campaign, to be honest with you. And I mean, yeah, April. So, you know, we're right. We're right there. Super Tuesday and caucuses and things. When Dr. King got knocked off. So you go back to, to 1968 and you look at the climate and the economy and, and Republicans was changing their message and they were putting in all these codes uh, to avoid racism. And so I guess the question I'm trying to ask is, are we avoiding or trying to codedly push racism? Oh, yeah, they got Tim Scott out there. But look at look at it. You, Tim Scott. You ought to take you ought to take precedent from your black brothers and sisters. Ben Carson. He was a token nigga. I mean, let's just tell the truth. They wouldn't give him the presidency with a 10 foot pole. Every time he tried to go on stage and talk about the presidency, they buried him down in the bottom of the sea. And then what did he do? He went, yes, I'm master. How you doing, Uncle Charlie? And went over there and worked in the Department of Hood because he was a good trained house nigga. Then you look at uh what's the what's the pizza guy's name? He's dead now. 
He was one of them. He came close to challenging Obama in 2012, and they buried him in the bottom of the sea, brought out all these white women, said he didn't know where to put his noodle stick. You remember. So, Tim Scott, you, you, I, I'm, I, I, I don't want to. I know I struggle with sometimes trying to avoid what I'm seeing, but I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I see house nigga. I, I see house nigga. That's what I see, brother. Maybe it ain't true. But I can't. Ooh, I echoed. Hi. Okay. I wanted to make sure you heard me in the back. Can you hear me in the back? Yeah. All right. Sorry about your ears. That that might have been a little bit of a challenge for you. I, I do apologize. Trying to get the sound right, make sure everything is you know doing good. We don't want to uh, you know we don't want to blow your ears up here. You know we we know you you got things to do when you need your ears. So I appreciate you trying to get the sound right. Thank you for for working with us while we do that. Had that thing all the way up when I was realizing that dude. We got we got to do some things with that sound. Um. So yeah. We're wondering, house nigga. That, that's what it looks like to me. Uh, which brings us to the final point. Since we're talking about racism and certain things, I want to go and uh, deal in what's going on here in the local level. Uh, Delegate Glass, who runs the 89th district, I think it's going to change it to the 92 or something like that. Uh, I don't remember details uh where did i post this uh, happenings today uh from delegate glass that's right this she posted this on facebook she says our schools are not all right our kids are not all right it's not the educator's fault it's our fault reducing chronic absenteeism from 24.3 percent to 20.2 percent may seem like progress but let's be real it's not it's merely a marginal reduction and it's a cause for concern that demands our immediate attention. This isn't just a problem. It's an emergency that cannot be resolved with casual events like pajama parties and nostalgic apparel days. In my role as the legislative office, my team and I have diligently analyzed the, the statistics for months striving to craft a comprehensive plan of action. Solving this takes more than looking at numbers. It requires leadership and skin in the game. Beyond my official duties, I'm the mother of two Norfolk Public School students and I've been witnessing the distressing reality of our underperforming schools for far too long. What's even more disheartening is that any ideas I might have are rendered ineffective without the support of my fellow Norfolk elected officials. Unfortunately, we have been hesitant to address this issue openly and directly. I cannot simply stand by and continue to act as if the state of our schools is remotely acceptable. Change is not an option, it's a necessity. I'm making a passionate appeal to all of Norfolk residents to join me in urging the city council and school board to hold an urgent joint meeting with Norfolk's new General Assembly delegation immediately after the November elections. 
until then until that time comes I implore each one of you to share your personal stories and suggestions about the current conditions of our schools and to insist that our leaders including me face our challenges head on and lay all on the table we owe it to our little citizens and our community to act swiftly and decisively delegate Jackie Hope Glass I don't know too many people is going to like what I'm going to say because well I do know the privileged people are going to like it because it well it's to their advantage choice education I believe down in my bone marrow. It's something I think about. It's something me and the wife talks about at that precious time that we are parents. It's because of choice education that I believe we're allowed to uh, navigate through the waters of uh, identity politics, identity issues, gender related issues. It allows us to have a stronger say in what our children are taught does that mean that oh they should be operating off of segregated ideas and ideals no but at the same time there are certain things that certain parents just don't want their some parents don't feel like having their kids talking about gay rights all day long now should the kids know that the gay people exist of course they should of course they should should they know how to treat People who are different from them, of course they should. Of course they should. But is it easy to have all that in one school? Of course it's not. Think about it. I got to go to school. Back when I was in school, all you had to deal with was women and men. Maybe once in a while you had to deal with race issues. But even that was... mm, mm, I was gone before we got into those problems. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, a dude in ROTC came up to me because I was, you know, one of the big shots at the time. And he took a private meeting. He said, Eric, can I have a private meeting? Would you want to make sure what I want to talk about? And um, he's like, look here, Cody Rhodes. Um, I'm gay. And I went, hmm. Don't ask, don't tell, kid. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I mean, I literally, that's what we told him. We was, we was now they got to deal with gay rights issues they got to deal with uh, all of the components and the different departments if you please of of the gay community on top of race relations on top of political relations on top of boys just trying to figure out how to deal with being a boy and that's if they identify with that because some folks you know, do not like the body that they were assigned. And and it, it uh. so separating what I believe allows for stronger empowerment. Because if you're putting all the the uh, the gay people in one school, you're saying, Well, Eric, you're trying to tell us that we gotta go over there by ourselves. No, what I'm trying to say is that now that gives us the opportunity to 
more into the gay kid or the gay relationship, should I say. Meaning, black people should be in their own school or in their own section because now we can spend all of our energy trying to educate and prepare a black student based upon the issues and the challenges that that black student is dealing with. If you're trying to educate a child that's black in the same classroom with a child that's gay, in the same classroom with a child that's Palestinian, now you only got seven and a half hours in a day. I mean, just tell the truth. Do you know why Bowling Park Elementary School worked back in the day? Because it was all blacks, with blacks, for blacks, unto blacks, and in the empowerment and the interest of blacks. We didn't have anything else to worry about. But just being black. We were only taught black history. We were only dealt with on a black level. We were taught by people who understood that level. Who understood the dichotomy of same. Now we have all this integration. And it's just shit to hell. And nobody's learning. Because everything is crammed into one. And we're talking about a system that's supposed to be designed. To nurture people. To equip them. Not just to be productive workers. Or productive citizens. But productive humans. And that's damn near impossible when you got all these different factors, all these different complexities that you're trying to deal with inside of a 10 month, seven hour a day window. So, is anybody going to pay attention to that? Mm. <laughs> no. Some of them at the fear that, well, you know, the white, if we do that, then the white people are going to get all the good resources. That's what the black folks are going to say. And the minorities are going to say. And if uh, we do that, the non-minorities are going to say, well, we do that, we're afraid that they're going to get better than we got. And they're going to learn more than we know. So we don't want to kick them out of our schools because at least in our schools we can control what they're learning. We can make sure that we stay on top. But we put them over there by themselves, they could turn into another Bowling Park and we ain't like that. Because you remember Bowling Park beat them white kids. Beat Ghent. That's That was the narrative. Go, go, go look it up in the Virginia pilot if it ain't hit behind a paywall. So that's what I'm that that is me and the wife have had these these discussions and and that that's been what I've thought about as I've navigated through the educational waters, you know, thinking as we're, you know, looking towards uh, our family issues or our family evolution, if you please. This glass called on um the local leaders to get together. I would like to do something as well. Uh, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but when we talk about education, I think that there are two leaders out there or two influencers. I don't like to, I don't, I don't like to call people leaders. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're our elected officials. They're the people who we sent to represent us on various issues. Calling them leaders is, you're not my leader. Take me to your leader. I ain't got no leader. This is a democracy. Bastard. You know. I mean. Anyway, but one of the representatives that I would like to talk to, I would like to talk to Mr. Rodney Jordan. And the reason why I would like to talk to Mr. Rodney Jordan is because I feel like he has a significant story to tell. Um, I don't want to corner him. 
I don't want him to feel that he's being pressured or that he has to respond. I miss Miss Glass is doing her thing and there's other people who are going to come at him in various ways. But I would like to come at him from a an understanding, a background of, of his ideas and ideals. And then hopefully maybe we can we can have a conversation that would make sense. Uh, that we can make make sense, should I say. Not only would it make sense, but we can make it make sense about how to deal in these school in the school struggle. Um, how to inspire people. I think maybe that might be a conversation. I don't know. I would just like to talk to him about it. And hopefully he will um again it it, it it's something that I know is a touchy subject and he doesn't know me that well. We we're we're not we're not we're not that acquainted. Um, we know of we know of each other. We we know we we know of each other's uh, pedigree, but do we know each other personally? No. And uh, so maybe we can work on that. Maybe 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 we can build a trust level, or or a trust network between the two of us that can uh, potentially at least bring awareness to and, and be a magnet for awareness and education. That's something to think about. I'm I'm going to reach out to him and. And see what he had to say about that. Hmm? All right, I'm gonna get off this subject for now, cause ain't nothing I can do about it but ramble until we can uh, we can see how we can get to it to it. Yeah.
Alright, chapter 4, chapter 4, we're going to do chapter 4 through the middle of chapter 5, and White Virgility, this book by Professor, I like to call her that, Robin D'Angelo, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm I'm tired. I I'm I'm really tired. First, this book is super enlightening. I am so thankful for the hard work and boldness of Professor Robert Robin D'Angelo. Takes a person with well balls. Uh, to stand up to her own people about issues. Even she, for many, uh, will go. <sighs> I mean, she knows it. She knows it goes in one ear out of the other. Some of these folks. And yet she continues to do it. So, you know, this may sound like I'm blowing smoke up her ass, but I'm not. I I'm really thankful that, you know, and, and not only is, is it the people not listening. But it's those that are that are hating the work that she's doing. So I, I appreciate her. That said, I am tired. A part of me is ready to take this book and just burn it. If it wasn't for the fact that I've marked it to shit and that I don't keep receipts, <laughs> this book would have found itself a long time ago back on the Ollie's bookshelf. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I say I am tired. But the more I think about it, <laughs> I am exhausted. This book also revealing is very triggering. It leaves me thinking. Is this what I've been experiencing all along? Is this really the reality of my non-POC compadres? This book also, to some degree, leaves me feeling a bit helpless. Like there is an app that like like it's just nothing. Absolute what can you do? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Yeah. You know. Um, <sighs> this lopsided experiment. I was, I was trying to think. And I'm, I'm thank you for not turning me off. Because you might have got a little confused. Like wait what happened? Um, this lopsided experiment. Known as the American experience. Boy, just boy, oh boy, she she right got me tired, got me sitting here with my eyes closed, ready to go take a nap. I really want to take a nap. Mm. A lot of this could be based on conversations I've had uh, in the past few days. It's like those chats opened me up. Then I read this book, which poured alcohol into the gaping hole you look at people like rick flair and all those boys and girls who have spent their time 
being laughed. He's lacerated. He's lacerated. You know. When they close him up, what do they do? Do they uh, pour alcohol on it? I need to know. You know. Um, I read all of chapter four. Thinking none of this made sense. I mean, it, it just... It, it, I, I just didn't, you know, most time I get a highlighter and there's some points in there that I'm going to glean from. I did that in chapters one through three and even so in chapter five and maybe a little bit in chapter four. But for the most part, I didn't care. I really didn't care. Um, why didn't I care? Hmm. This woman is literally uh, talking about a social construct that is uh, making a break in our culture. And I'm like, I don't care. And, and part of that is because I didn't feel like it had anything to do with me. Just telling the truth. It, it really, the whole chapter four was like, this has absolutely nothing to do with me. Nothing. Hmm. <sighs> Professor D'Angelo. Um, well, before I move on, I, I want to tell anybody who's getting out, who, who's thinking about going and purchasing the book and reading it, especially if you're a PLC, um, she tells you in the front half of this book that it, it, it's not written for you. So you may, you may feel like, oh, they're just, that's code for, I'm just being you know, pampered by the white woman. But the truth is, she's writing a book that is designed to go into the white parts of town and rip them to shreds. That That's, that's her objective. Uh, so Professor D'Angelo, as I said, in the introduction... She called for her people. This was a note to my people, the white people. Um, well, well, I don't think it was said like that. Now I think about it. It was more, um, you know. Anyway, I constantly hear people. I constantly hear them telling me, Eric, you're doing fine. Eric, stop beating yourself up. Eric, stop falling into the victimized well. For some reason, though, I more the more I hear the positive reinforcement these days, the more I want to believe that those people are just shitting in my Rice Krispies. This book has me feeling the same way I did watching Sounder. I don't know if you ever seen that movie, but God, I don't recommend it. Sounder, Lord Jesus, I I, I mm, don't recommend that movie. I swear I don't recommend that movie. I'm sorry, we were working on the sound levels and sometimes I don't think we get it, but you know, you know, keep me in your we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. I promise we're gonna get it. Trying to figure out how to make it work. We're gonna we're gonna make it work. But Sounder That was one of them old slave movies that came out. I don't remember all the details. The only thing I remember that sheriff, man, he shot homie's dog. Just dropped him. Dead in the streets. One bullet. He 
exhausting a life faster than one could take a shit. I hated white people for an entire year after watching Sounder. This is in many reasons why I don't attend black history events, why in college I refuse to even look in the direction of African American studies. To me, it's like taking a woman back to the scene of her raping and then making her watch it in front of God and everybody. It's, it's a horrible feeling to me. You know, maybe, maybe I'm a little bitch. Just need to suck it up and move on, right? Which is what I sometimes want to do. Move right back into grandma's basement. Better yet, just entomb myself in grandma's basement, leaving a... A dog slot for Miley to go take a shit and for the dasher to deliver my meals. By the way, anybody, uh, um, I'm trying to think this through. Like, do I want to solicit a dog scooper that just comes and scoops up your yard? I'm going to cut my grass, scoops up your yard. Hmm. Anyway, back to the book. White virility. For those just joining me, uh, thank you wherever you are and wherever you're here. Um, if I didn't do that earlier in, in these, I thank you. Uh, so Professor D'Angelo in Chapter 4, White Innocence, explains what my stress is currently to a T. I feel as a POC, a term I hate, by the way, we're expected to speak out on racism or just all out race issues. It's like a baby who doesn't cry. If it's it's hella annoying when they do. But if they don't, most would just think something is wrong with the child. Black people not bitching and moaning about the struggle is just, to some, outright abnormal. I've never liked moaning and groaning. I've never wanted to express my feelings. Now I find myself trying to do for others what I really don't want done for me. And thanks to Professor D'Angelo, I now know why. This is a social construct the American experience has cultivated. Are my white brothers and sisters racist? For the better part of my nearly 40 years, I've been allowed to avoid that question. And when the time did come to face it, I emphatically went no. But it's the same for me as a man. I don't see myself as a chauvinist. However, I have benefited in some circles just because I have a noodle stick. The same effect by the homies on the surface aren't racist. But have privilege. I think that's the key point. They're not racist, but they have privilege to not give a shit about it. In this, I share my opinion with James Baldwin. Am I hated by people of privilege? I don't know. 
but I know there are systems that keep some like me isolated from the people of privilege. Am I really welcome at the table of progression? I don't know that either. But I know at the table, expectation is I either get on board or get out. Sometimes I feel my main mission should be to shut up. The response will certainly get me served eviction papers at the house. But what choice do I have between 240K and 260K living in this town? Which again, some didn't fill out that census. Nevertheless, here I am, a part of the societal 1%. So here's the expectations. Don't say or do too much. Don't make waves or rock the boat. Know who the power players are. All codes to me for put up and shut up or get out. And no matter what you do to some, your name will always be Dan. We can talk about what that means. This means dumbass nigga. That's what I was thinking about how I was going to. So how do we fix this? Yeah. It's one of this again when a man's is going to hurt. Segregation got us in this mess. The segregation would get us out. We must empower minorities not to come alongside, but to have space to create their own side. Does this mean whites on the right and blacks on the left? No, not at all. I am not a full segregationist. I do not believe in full segregation. I don't even think it actually worked with the people who actually believed it. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But creating a system, that's what we're talking about today, which fully understands the plight of the people. And he's equipped with the tools to advance that group on all levels each and every day. That means giving trust that these people know how to handle their own communities. They know how to advance their own communities. That's what it means. That's what I believe chapter four and chapter five base explained of this book. All right, I think I'm done with that. Yeah. I told you I was tired. Yeah. That conversation damn near put me to sleep. (sighs) And with that, my friends, let me get out your hair. I thank you for your time and your consideration. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for um, taking what I'm saying into consideration. I, I think that 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 is not to be just lumped in. You consider being a part. You consider listening, but then considering to respond—that's a whole other can of worms. And so I appreciate you on behalf of the platform which you've chosen to consume this. I ask you to do whatever is needed to make sure that uh, you get these pieces of business each and every time they're released on the internet and then share it with somebody that makes me feel good it lets me know that my stuff's getting out there that, that people are actually they people are actually learning something mm-hmm. go learn something also mr dj ma'am dj non-binary dj 
no copyright sound is out here doing what they can to empower creators through royalty free and no copyright sound we thank them for that uh check out our playlist we got we got something that we're going to put out there somewhere uh if you're listening to this on 19 days into month uh 10 which is thursday we got we got a playlist that's going out here so all of the tracks that you're hearing not only in these particular pieces of business but in the last uh seven days will be in that playlist so go ahead and check it out that'll give you another about 30 or 45 minute drive you know enjoy yourself you can just go ahead and play them on release you know just put just put them in there and just play them when you get stuck in traffic just rock out you know what i'm saying all right i'm gonna get out your hair as i said lord willing the creek don't rise that damn creek don't forget about that damn creek we'll do this again all right till then for me and mine unto you and yours laters <laughs>